podcast intent for information on educational purposes only, not for the purpose of rendering medical advice. As always, information should be pulled from multiple credible sources. Cross reference wormlet your almost accurate hypothesis. Evans can support always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any question regarding a medical condition. <gasps> this is the actual PT podcast, where actual problems meet actual evidence, producing actual results. And your hosts, Troy Lind and Taylor Flocken. Top of the morning, actual PT Nation. Taylor Flocken and Troy Lynn rocking with you. I want to throw it out there. It's top of the afternoon. It is not morning. At it all. is not. It's not even late morning. No. Nobody would consider no. 2.30 in the afternoon to be... No, but I feel like it's more of a positive outlook if I make it sound like it's the morning. Because then maybe it's like, oh, maybe there's more stuff that can be done today. You know? Maybe. My list Taylor, of... what are we talking about? What, <laughs> what topic are we covering? We're talking all about wads. We're spitting wads. Jim. We're talking about the wads. The whiplash-associated disorders. Uh, mainly uh, people... Yeah, who uh, hurt their neck getting into uh, something or something or another. Tell I'm me gonna more. talk about that. Tell me Taylor. more. I'm gonna talk about it. I want you to it, talk you. to me. Okay. So a whiplash associated disorder primarily occurs when there's hyperflexion directly followed by hyperextension. So if you've ever just gotten your bell rung or had whiplash, as most people just know it by, picture your head snap snapping all the way down and then viciously and quickly snapping them all the way back, basically causing your neck, your your cervical spine to just get thrown in a blender. Pretty much. I, yeah. I remember I remember hearing from like uh, some guys in ED that um, women who wear like lipstick, uh, their lipstick being on their blouse. Yeah. At following like just, an injury. Yeah. Smashing like, there. Yeah. Going that far. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like imagine extreme ranges and that's where you're at. Very quickly. And this primarily happens in motor vehicle accidents. So a lot of, I mean, you see it all the time in car accidents mm-hmm. being hit from behind, but it can occur in any direction. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, flexion to extension. It could be, I mean, usually that's how it occurs, but it, this can happen in different planes, right? I mean, if yeah. you're hit by a semi from the side, you can get it right to left. You can get it forward, back, rotational. It can happen. It's basically just where the neck goes in extreme ranges. And just, it's no bueno. Yeah. yeah, you were just talking about them T-bones, weren't you? I'm talking about them T-bone steaks, mm. uh, Chuck. And yeah, actually one of my very good friends uh, was had a massive... Uh, he got T-boned while he was parked in a his work vehicle at a stop sign, and he got hit by some guy going 60. He's not a better friend than me, though, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, good. No, good. no, no bonding has occurred. Okay, good. Um, And so, yeah, basically that's how this occurs. Who gets it the most, are you asking? I know you are. <laughs> I'm wondering. Um, Basically people who are in their car the most. <laughs> Um, so yeah. if you're driving a lot for work, as I said, my buddy who was driving a company, company car, so he's on the road a lot, mm. that's who's going to get it the most. This also can occur in athletics. Mm-hmm. So if you m- imagine someone getting hit in football and their head snapping forward and back a quarterback or something, or a, a receiver going over the middle for a pass, mm-hmm. um, soccer, this can happen, hitting the ball or maybe getting flipped over, hitting the ground, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything where your head can jar viciously. Basically, yeah. your neck specifically, but your head is on top of your neck. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
And so that is when who it happens to the most, Taylor, if you were wondering. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. 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 And I don't think we can uh, gloss over too heavily, though, um, that probably more than one thing has happened if you get a... Uh, Get, yeah. get a good old whiplash. Um, especially you mentioned getting the bell rung. Uh, very likely, if enough force happened for a whiplash to occur, you're getting a concussion. You're getting a concussion. Yeah, which is a form, which is basically another word for a traumatic brain injury. A lot of it, people just fail to appreciate that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's definitely a form of it. I mean, it's. I will say it, it's less severe. It, it's, it's usually mild. Yeah, yeah, mild and, to moderate, and, and there, there's no um, usually. And there's no uh, change, like, in the brain. Like, you can't see a concussion on MRI. No. You can see repeated concussions on MRI. When you can see changes in brain chemistry. Yeah. On, you know, oh, yeah, neurotransmitters. Sure. But this isn't a concussion yeah. uh, episode, so we're not going to dive too heavily in that. But you're absolutely right. If, if this is happening, most likely you are going to have some form of a mild, at least, traumatic brain injury, which is a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll dive deeper into that. That'll we'll be get a fun that another episode. That's a good episode. That's, that's a good episode. Um, so, t- tell me what the research looks like. Tell me what the treatment looks like. Just start giving me some knowledge on this, Taylor. I'm interested. Well, because I so, know these people hurt. These people are in pain. Yes, they are. And you know, I'm gonna throw this out there. I actually uh, didn't know this stat before I uh, started looking up stuff for this episode. Um, looking at a study uh, done by uh, Carol. I I don't have the year here, but yeah, Carol et al. Um, about 50% of people who have whiplash develop some type of long-term disability. Which is wild because in, in, is. in the PT world, you hear, you know, just in passing, they say everyone, not everyone, but a large majority of people who have a wad or basically get into a car accident and have neck pain usually end up with some form of fusion or or, or, mm-hmm. or cervical surgery. So to actually have a number given to us is pretty, well, it's alarming is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that is literally a coin toss. And yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I'm not a fan of that statistic. I'm not like a fan it. of that. I don't like it. Sure. No, no. Um, you know, talking about like prognosis, um, there was a really good review that was done in 2017. Uh, the gentleman's name, it looked like, is Sarami. And... What they found, uh, kind of, it, it it goes down a different rabbit hole than I was kind of expecting it to. Um, so I guess let's 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 talk about this first. Um, let's talk about it. Things that have no association with prognosis, meaning like how your long term outcome looks following a uh, whiplash injury. Mm-hmm. MRI findings. Um, you know, it's normal to find stuff uh, in the spine, I think, is a good way to kind of look at that. And so finding something on MRI doesn't seem to indicate that anything's wrong outside of, you know, if the whiplash was significant enough to cause a fracture. But, I mean, yeah, MRI findings, nothing. Motor dysfunctions following the uh, accident, uh, that's also not prognostic. Um, and I think that kind of goes back into a little bit into concussion a little bit. Yeah, let's say, yeah. Um, and then the last one, and I found this one to be the uh, most uh, interesting, collision factor. So it doesn't matter how fast you're going, the other person was going, um, whether there were, uh, um, like what direction you got hit from, or even, and this one was also interesting, whether or not there were headrests in the car. Huh. 
Yeah, and this was uh, confirmed uh, through four different um, reviews. So I found, I, yeah, it, it kind of goes down a different rabbit hole than I was expecting. So you're telling me my friend Dustin is not special because he got hit by somebody going 60. I'm telling you that your friend Dustin is not special for other reasons. Because <laughs> of who Nothing. he is. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not more special than me. Um Okay, going kind of further, um, let's talk about uh, where evidence is actually kind of conflicting, and then we'll get into the, where the evidence is positive. I like that. Um, so where there is conflicting results on evidence, um, age, gender, race, psychological factors such as depression, um, and even pre-injury pain, not one of those uh, factors has has been like really found to be one way or the other. There's some studies that say, yes, um, being a little bit older has an effect. There's others that say no, and it goes pretty much for all of them. Um, Which I think goes back to, you know, the fact that 50% of all people who have a WAD develop a long-term disability, and we don't have any really good prognostic indicators, which just shows it's, like you said, it's almost like flipping a coin. Yeah, yeah. I found the pre-injury pain to be very interesting too. Yeah, um, I would have. Yeah, I would have assumed that it, you know, at the very least, it'd be it just exacerbate what was already there. Yeah, yeah, it would just kind of like a further uh, push along that uh, alarm system, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so let's talk about what the evidence does. Sh- um, I guess show an point. association for point two. Yes. Um, and I'm going to do a cor- a direct quote from that article. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you like that? I like that. This was in the the discussion. Yeah. Um, a typical whiplash patient with a poor outcome in parentheses, uh, that is prolonged pain and disability. That person can be depicted as having severe pain and anxiety and is seeking or has sought legal advice and early healthcare use. Hmm. So I think I think that with the WAD itself, we really cannot overlook the fact that this was a significant trauma. The person likely after having been in uh, this circumstance, they went through shock. Um, yeah. And that there are absolutely emotional um, aspects to this that from, and I'm getting a little bit speculative here, but that I imagine that like a lot of the anxiety and shock from this, it just upregulates the central nervous system. It puts it into high alert. It makes everything guard down. It is, your your brain's literally scared for your neck. And it makes sense because normally if you break your neck, that's kind of game over in a lot of instances. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of these people are going to have post-traumatic like stress mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily post-traumatic stress disorder, but um, a lot of them are going to have stress with being in the same uh, situation. You're put in the same situation again and your anxiety is going to go up just thinking about that fact that mm-hmm. it could happen again. So yeah, I mean, it just completely makes sense that um, when your brain is having that stressful of a response mm-hmm. to something that you're going to have some physiologic occurrence to yeah. follow, follow suit. Yeah, and I, I do think it's important to say here, um, this is not us saying or the research saying that we think you're more or less just faking it or no. you know being yeah. weak. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that the pain associated with this is extremely real. Yeah. But there is also a, I guess, like a psychological component that needs to be addressed. And 
that's really kind of feeds into um, a lot of the treat the way the PT treatment like recommendations uh, are with uh, best evidence. Well, and you also have to look at like I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, the emotional aspect of things. Think about how I mean, if this person is, if it happened during work, now they're going through workers' comp. Now they're dealing yeah. with if it's in their personal vehicle. Now you're dealing with all the fun insurance. things about insurance, mm-hmm. which is just the most disastrous thing on this in the world to me is dealing with any form of insurance in the United States of America. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you get to play with not just one, two, three, but maybe even four insurance companies. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on who's in the car, what, what time, yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what are the instances Uh, if it was on work time or if if it's workers comp, if it's not what their workers Mm -hmm. comp will cover based on your your insurance policy, not to Mm -hmm. mention your insurance separate, like your insurance Mm -hmm. automotive company. Oh yeah, the you have to deal with the car insurance, health insurance, and they love to fight about who's going to pay for things. Yes, and that's just a start. Let alone the fact mm-hmm. that you're now you're probably not going to work. Mm-hmm. You're probably in a lot of pain. You probably have to alter a lot of your life in the mm-hmm. short term to what you're doing. I mean, this is yeah, yeah, it can be a huge ordeal. No, absolutely, and all of this anxiety goes back to what I was saying earlier. It upregulates the central nervous system. Uh, stress has a true effect on our body and with everything that comes with the nature of a whiplash associated uh disorder 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 uh it it kind of makes sense that like some of the biggest prognostic factors have to do with just that the emotional Mm -hmm. aspect yeah um is there anything you want to add about uh i don't know any of that before we get to treatment no i'd like to jump right in i've had a couple um wads which is just what we like to call i've had a couple wads in my day and I'm kind of interested what you feel is and what the evidence shows is the best kind of pathway here because, you know, I'm a, I know what I did and I know what worked for me, but it might not be what evidence says to do for everybody. No, absolutely. Um, and the These recommendations, they, they kind of make me laugh because they are they're just so general. It's, yeah. It's, well, every, so general. every single person is affected differently. I mean, yeah. some people I've seen, they can't, they have severe headaches, mm-hmm. migraines, extreme sensitivity in their neck. They can't even move their neck. They almost have, and then, then some people have instability, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge red flag for us. Some people have fractures. Some people don't. Some people have muscle strains. Some people don't. Some people have lower more lower back pain than they do cervical pain. Mm -hmm. Some people have broken extremities. I mean, Mm -hmm. the list is just on and on and on. Some people have, like we said earlier, you can have a larger, you can have a more severe concussion than less, more light sensitivity than less. I mean, it's just so broad. So it's hard to say, you know, you can't can't have a cookie cutter formula here. No, no. But um, I guess I'll try to jump into this uh, loose loose cookie cutter. Um, (laughs) The first thing um, is reassurance that full recovery takes several months. Yeah. They need Um, to understand the process, right? Yeah. They need to understand that this is not going to be fixed overnight. And it's normal, what I like to say, to have bumps in the road. It's normal to have increases in pain. Ups and downs, yeah. Yeah. um, As we continue to try and progress uh, forces that, you know, the neck can handle without Mm -hmm. getting angry about Mm -hmm. it. Um, Another big one is... To as quickly as possible minimize use of a soft collar. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Because I know that was originally standard of care was everyone just mm-hmm. got thrown in a collar For, because you mm-hmm. want it to heal and we want to make sure everything's fine. Yeah, but that's not what you want at all, there, Chuck. 
No, no. And I think this goes back to the fact that, well, maybe I should mention this in treatment, um, or I guess like in the uh, research uh, earlier, but yeah, there, there is no like prognostic uh, thing like on MRI or imaging that says a person had a whiplash injury. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Um, and because there is no specific structural damage, it doesn't make sense then to try and stabilize damage that isn't there. Well, and this is yeah. if the, yeah, the findings are negative, right? Yeah. So if you don't have the fracture, right. if you don't have some massive disc bulge pushing it, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. If you don't have these things and your all your MRIs come back negative and it's just mm-hmm. truly a wad, yeah. then like you said, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing, there, there, there's there's nothing there's structurally cool. damaged. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And but there is a huge upregulation in the uh, central nervous system, and you know there might be some muscles that got a little overstretched. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's going to be yeah, there's going to be pain. Something's causing the pain, right? So something's hurt. But we're talking mm-hmm. about fractures. There's nothing that we need to, like you said, stabilize. Yeah, yeah. And the I guess the next bit of advice: return to non-aggravating activities as quickly as possible. Isn't that funny that we're sitting here and saying early movement and early return of function is critical? Is to, a positive thing. I feel like this is just back on our soapbox every yeah. week, every single week. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, basically, we want to try and get you to get back to living your life as soon and as quickly as possible. We want you walking. We want you moving. Um, we want you um, even driving again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, jump back on the horse is yeah. essentially what we want to do. And th- there are going to be some activities that are going to be aggravating. Uh, going down a uh, country road, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, country Dirt roads road, take me lots home. Of, yep, lots yeah, of bumps. To the place uh, I belong. West Virginia? West Virginia. All Mount right. Mama, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, turning, you know. Or, yeah, turn, any cervical. A lot of people, any form of cervical motion, usually rotation, right? Looking over your mm-hmm. shoulder to back out of the driveway is excruciating. So, mm-hmm. obviously, some things like returning to driving are yeah. tough to do. But, yeah, like in a lot of my patients, I just had them walking in. And they, just them knowing they can go for walks oh, was yeah. huge for them, mentally mm-hmm. even. Absolutely. Um, and... What you what should be done is uh, I guess like more this is probably slightly more specific uh, restore range of motion yeah um, restore pain free range of motion because um, you know it's it's gonna hurt for a while it, this takes a little bit of time to fully recover from but um, working to get that range of motion normalized as quickly as possible is what you want to do and also you want to get the uh, get your patient involved in some sort of personalized exercise program that may or may not have uh, specific exercises for the neck, for strengthening of the neck. Yeah, sometimes it's, I mean, I know I have, I one of the patients I had, I started to return range of motion and movement and like really light isometric exercises. And the next thing you know, she was just flared up. Like mm-hmm. she was go, moving along, moving along, moving along, and then it was just too much. So we had to really back off and take two steps back. And that's just what it takes sometimes. But it's all dependent on you, right? Yeah. Like if you don't, if it's, if isometrics are fine, it's not bothering you, then do them. Oh, if active range out. of motion, turning mm-hmm. your head left to right is fine, then do it. Yeah. But it just depends on what you're able to do at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even, even more general than that, uh, start biking, start, yeah. uh, start re-engaging with physical activity. Start, if lifting weights is your thing, start picking them up again. Yeah. Whatever doesn't hurt, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess like talking about like a more specific uh, treatment modalities, um, consider use of TENS if pain is like really persistent. Uh, TENS being like a form of like electrical stimulation. It uh, essentially, it just adds like some extra stimulation to limit how much information your brain can uh, pick up at one given moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a little bit of a pain gating theory there. Yep, yep. Uh, and there also uh, use of uh, dry needling can be indicated there too. That's what I was going to say was uh, the things that I've saw, seen, the patients I've seen that mm-hmm. had a very, very good uh, response to dry needling, mostly just to, uh, you know, a lot of them were really hypersensitive. So a lot of it was just decreasing that sensitivity, mm. decreasing that pain so they can get back to normal movements or quicker, right? Quicker yeah. return normal movements. And then, you know, st- evidence as, you know, you're taking dry needling course right now. Yeah. The evidence about the resetting of the nervous system, especially in the cervical spine, cannot be uh, underlooked enough. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, especially with some of the stuff I'm learning about, like with taking muscles that are in just a kind of like just a constant contracted position and just getting them to kind of relax yeah. get them to re-regulate and just hit the reset button a little yeah bit. and carry carry the muscles or the posture in a normal motion right like just yeah. just like we said we want you moving we want you returning to function normally we also want you just living life we want your body moving as normal as possible as early as possible yeah yeah decrease stress on the things that are already aggravated yeah uh, yeah, um, I think um, though I, I probably wouldn't try BFR um, for the for the neck. <laughs> I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't either. Huh, okay. I can't imagine a uh, yeah it, choking yourself would be very improved. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that improved. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some people like that stuff, but it won't help your wad. That's for sure. Teach, well, teach their own. Yeah, teach yeah, their own. True, but um, it won't help your whiplash associated disorder at least. No, no, not that, not that. Um, well, uh, Mr. LaCroix, uh, what do you think? Do you th- think you have anything else you want to add to this? No, no, I think, um, you know, people with this need to understand a couple of things, right? They just need to understand that it's going to be a long process. It's mm-hmm. going to be painful. There's going to be bumps in the roads. There's going to be ups and downs. Mm-hmm. We just, you kind of have to work as a team, you and your PT, and just say like, look, it's we're just going to try to progress you as long, press you a progress you along the best we can. Like we can't, we, you and I cannot dictate how your neck's going to respond to any of this. Mm -hmm. All we can do is use the tools at our disposal to get you where you need to be. And this is just going to take time. We have to move at it at the same pace it wants us to, but early return of exercise, early return of movement, Mm -hmm. early return of everything. Normality is crucial. Um, Understanding the cognitive component of this, the emotional component of this. Getting that dealt with. Getting that dealt with. And yeah, understanding that there might be complications in the future for this. So it's just an understanding that if you have an inkling of something going on or you think something's occurring, identifying that this, you know, you might need a fusion, cervical fusion in the future. You might need this, that, or the other. So Mm -hmm. being aware of that and leaning towards earlier. Um, intervention of future yeah. issues is huge. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've probably said this a hundred times with a lot of the, the other issues we've talked about. Um, if you, particularly uh, for these people, if something is just not right and it's sticking around for two, three weeks, 
get help. Don't yep. wait. Yep. Don't let it, don't let it propagate. Yep. Especially if, uh, you know, you're that classic, oh, I had a, I was in a motor vehicle accident when I was younger and now my neck is killing me 60 years later. It's like probably, yeah, probably cause you need intervention of some kind. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. But that's all I got to add. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Man. Well, um, I guess I'll uh, just carry the rest of the team on my back here, uh, <laughs> with, uh, letting these, uh, lovely people know, uh, to always, always stay classy. Stay classy. Actual PT Nation. Actual PT Nation. Hey, I got it right. For once.